Once again, super pleased to have on Zahir, founder of the Fasted 500 Challenge. If you haven't already, definitely worth listening to episode six of the podcast, where he talks about what the challenge is and the inspiration behind it all, including why it's designed the way it's designed. Anyway, this was meant to be a short update, maybe 10, 20 minutes long, but he goes in super deep and uh, it's definitely worth the listen. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Gap podcast. Zahir, super fortunate to have you back. How are you doing? I'm good, alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum, Junaid. It's been a few months since you were last on. A lot has changed, but a lot of the same as well. Um, so uh, I just wanted to say, uh, Zahir, I told you so. Um, I told you it would take off and uh, I think I'm correct and we're going to why I'm correct and perhaps why I'm wrong as well. <laughs> but yeah. uh, just off the bat, um, I imagine orders are still coming in for the rondels. Uh, people are still um, trotting up their mileage, perhaps. Uh, mm. It's only been a few days since Eid. Um, how many rondels were sold? How many people completed the challenge? How many yeah. badges were sold as well? That was a new addition. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's been really, I think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of it's kind of taken off or it's gone to like, uh, like the Zoom Factor 10 like globally, especially in Indonesia. I think we found this year that anybody who's a follower of the Fasted 500, you would have seen me. I like to repost people who mention the Fasted 500 on our stories. And I've mentioned to you just before this podcast, but I'd wake up every morning with like 60 plus notifications um, from people either tagging me on their rides or mentioning me or DMs, etc. So yeah, it's gone really well. Roundels, I think badges, we've sold over 80 um roundels we've sold over 70 um and that's globally so that's we've had a handful we've had a a fair handful in indonesia america egypt dubai uk Um, and i think so far we've raised over 350 quid for the bristol bike project uh, which is yeah which is awesome it's basically a crowdfund if you think about it really everyone's um, purchase of a roundel has contributed a bit to that amount so that's um yeah awesome really good and how much does that mean for your charity project in terms of cash um, yeah so in terms of the bristol bike project yeah so net profits are 350 yeah, c- circa 350 pounds so that's after um obviously deducting the postage costs that um, the roundels cost as well as the the upfront cost of each roundel that has been sold so i haven't for example deducted the full cost of like 200 roundels because i haven't yet sold 200 right yeah so um yeah that that's net profit that's how much will be uh sent to them bank transferred to them very shortly i think i might wait a couple of weeks if any stragglers want to put their orders in basically but yeah we're looking at 350 quid which is 100 pounds more than we raised for um cycling sisters bristol which we did last year so yeah it shows a good uptick um yeah really good so i would hold those badges so in 50 years time when this has become uh, some global phenomenon <laughs> you know the addition two rounders will be you know <laughs> worth a hefty price inshallah you know absolutely yeah i can sign them as well be priceless <laughs> I'm joking. That's clearly tongue-in-cheek there. Um, yeah, no, it's good, alhamdulillah. It's just nice to see, like, it, it grow. And, um, you know, last year it was the first year, right? So I was kind of finding my way in what I wanted the challenge to become. But I think it's kind of organically morphed into, like, a... sounds cheesy, but it's like a proper community. Like... Mm-hmm. I think uh, of that Rafa event, and, mm. uh, you know, the Rafa event in London, that, that was like the pinnacle of the community, you could say, uh, mm. kind of grasped what you're talking about, even though I, I wasn't so. there. Uh, yeah. From what I heard and what I saw, uh, it looked like uh, the Fastest 500 community, even though it wasn't the Fastest 500 yeah. community. It, like, you... mm. it was definitely yeah, I... part of it, you know? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I wonder... I wonder if that would have happened were it like had the fasted 500 not been around. I don't know the answer to that. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't think so. And I'm not over egging you either, but I don't don't think so. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. That was was wicked. Part of it, you know? 
I think so. Yeah. I mean, fair play to to Rafa. I mean, they did they smashed it out the park with that. Like it was it was really really well done. Um, so they all gonna. I mean, just to be absolutely clear, I had no hand in um, organizing that event other than take some credit nah well I I guess other than Jess asked me to um, I met with uh, so Jess Morgan is there she works in their PR team and she mentioned a few months ago that Rafa would like to be a sponsor for this year's Fasted 500s which was awesome which is lovely so one of our followers Samir from Purley has bagged himself a pair of Rafa Classic shoes because he won our um, inspirational cyclist competition. So well done to Samir if you're listening. Um, and so as part of that conversation, Jess did mention that they had some plans afoot about some Ramadan event. So that morphed slightly, which ultimately became the Ramadan lapse followed by the iftar. So um, I had a quick read through and gave my comments on uh, the PR that they pushed out as to how they described it, because fair play to Rafa, like they wanted to make sure that somebody from within the community kind of checked through that to make sure that it was pitched correctly, which it was. I had zero comments on it. So I had no kind of direct thing, but it seemed to me as if actually loads of people there were members of the Fasted 500 community, as as were obviously members of Cycle Sisters and Evolve and Pearly Riders and... Bob, um, uh, Al-Iman, um, Team MC. There were just loads. And it was just really nice because like, I felt as if um, the Muslim community, and, and this isn't just the Muslim cycling community, but just generally, we seem to be quite um, um, like factioned. Um, um, I agree. And I find that it's a shame that we don't often tend to work collaboratively together, I find yeah. at least. Um, and it, I found it ironic and wonderful, but slightly like a bit kind of sad so, to a certain extent yeah. that, it, that it took Rafa. <laughs> it took Rafa, um, a non-Muslim, a, a great organization, but a non-Muslim organization to, for them to be the umbrella to bring, the, US to bring the Muslims yeah. together, right? A part yeah. of me thinks that like, what's what was stopping us from doing something like that other than say the prestige of you know it being rafa and rafa soho for example but um that led me actually to um so there's a lady called asma who's um um who is behind a uh, instagram page called muslim women cycling yeah um and yeah fellow british she's a fellow scholar yeah absolutely so i so i messaged her after the um after the event we share a few kind of dms about cycling and things like that and hints and tips and things and i said look after ramadan we should collaborate like you know muslims should be helping muslims right so we should collaborate we should put on an event not dissimilar to that the re, the Ramadan lapse you know perhaps we can get London cyclists together we can have people can each bring some snacks and we can have like I don't know some food in Regent's Park or some do you see what I mean like mm-hmm. and obviously with that comes other considerations such as obviously maintaining Islamic etiquette and the rest of that stuff but that, that shouldn't stop us from being collaborative with other groups and things Being so, um, yeah, yeah. yeah and i haven't i haven't i need to speak with us about how we go about doing that and timings and maybe something in late summer or whether we have something in london or something say a bit outside i don't know i'm not sure how that'll work but that's inspired me seeing all of those muslims out cycling and um seeing like personalities that i've only ever seen on social media in real life it's kind of inspired me to think that um, we should really be taking the lead on that as a community. Um, but it was wonderful to see Rafa um, walk the walk, right? Because I find a lot within our community tend to um, look um, like they tend to kind of think that diversity is just talking the talk. But actually, if you look at what Rafa did in that event, the first time ever. I mean, there was Maghrib, there was the Avan said in their Soho store. Like, it's, it's not happened previously. And it's nice to see them 
like put on a decent spread and actually properly celebrate the community. Um, and I don't think we're used to being catered for like that. So it was never. it was really good. Zahra, yeah. never. Uh, you mm. know, um, mm. it's interesting. I've spoken to some in the cycling community, non-Muslim, mm. uh, who've approached me and said, you know, um, what brands or who from the cycling community have approached Bob? You know, um, mm. Mm. like zero. No, nobody approaches Bob. I, uh, I find that Muslims aren't very cool, right? If yeah. you look like, if you look late 90s, being Asian was becoming quite cool. If you think about goodness gracious me, if you think about brimful of Asha, if you think about like, I'm probably, you're probably, well, before I'm sure my time, young, so probably before <laughs> your time, but like there was a time where like Mira Sayal or Sanjeev Baskar, and I'm not saying overtly Muslim people, but just being brown, it was cool. But nowadays, actually, it's not, um, yeah, due to media influence or otherwise, it's not where I find that there tends to be, in terms of the diversity circles, lots of focus on um, um, the LGBT community, um, increasingly on trans people. Um, but there seems to be, it seems to me that after the Black Lives Matter movement, race or ethnicity seems to be on the back burner for a few, like, maybe that's just me. Maybe it's because my social media circles are echo chambers. I don't know, but that's just my personal view. Like, so, so it was heartening to see Rafa um, stick their neck out, actually, um, and to host our, our community. Um, yeah. 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 And it, it wasn't a token event. It was, mm. you know, hundreds, if not thousands of pounds worth of time, money and effort went into that. So Yeah. I mean, my <laughs> money is on them having gone to Marouche for catering because that it was really, really good. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. But it, it, yeah, it was it, it was proper. It wasn't just finger food. Right. Um, yeah. And there's already talk about I mean, they even said that they're already think, talking about how to make it bigger and better for next Ramadan. So it looks as if it, inshallah, it should be an annual thing. But as Muslims, as wonderful as it was to enter that, like to, to attend that, we should be asking ourselves, why haven't we done this? And why aren't, why aren't, why aren't we doing similar things? Right? Yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, mm. There's enough people now and uh, we've got enough wealth within us. You know, we, we have a few mm. thousand pound bikes and whatnot, you know. It uh, doesn't take much to put this together. Everyone chip in £10 or something. I think so, yeah. And just keep it, even just keep it like, um, you know, you could easily meet up for laps around Regent's Park and then go somewhere. Like, it doesn't have to be anywhere fancy, but like just a community catch-up, right? You get to know people and the rest of it. Yeah, I think there's a lot, there's lots, there's lots that we could be doing, I think. Um, and... Yeah, obviously, there's other things that come with it. You know, you'd get this. You'd get some people thinking, "Oh, I don't want this. I don't want there to be free mixing and all the rest of it." So I'm not saying it's that easy, but I think with treating, trusting people to be adults, right, and treating them as adults means that um, you can have people like speak with people and. Uh, carry themselves in an Islamically appropriate manner without having to mandate and without having to police. I yeah. think it takes trust, obviously, right? And it's a, it's a nuanced topic. I don't want to go off tangent, but yeah, yeah, what yeah. I'm saying is that it's not as, it's not as easy as let's get everyone together and have a bike ride and stuff. There's other things we have to consider being Muslims and the rest of it, but I, I don't yeah. think it's insurmountable, basically. Yeah, it's, it's coming with the right etiquette. Mind, mindset. I think it's the mindset. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, completely. Uh, Let's carry on and uh, we'll touch on that later. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. back to uh, Faster 500, uh, massive uptake. Um, so, when I say uptake, obviously, we spoke about the roundels and the badges, but when you look at uh, your, the interactions on your Insta, for example, mm. um, your followers, like 50% increase in followers in what a month. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. I think um, so. It was one of the publications in Indonesia messaged me to say, oh, we've just come across this. Do you mind if we translate some of your uh, FAQs and stuff into Bahasa um, and upload it onto our grid? And I said, and they said, obviously, we'll credit you for it. I said, yeah, cool. Like, marhaban, just, just crack on and do it. And that led to 
I think like over 600 new followers or something to that extent. Like this was over the course of the month, but, and I love it because if you really think about like us in the West, it's very easy for us in our like puffed up, like (laughs) ego mindsets to think that we, you know, it's just us in the world. It's a British thing, Tahoe. It's a British thing. Yeah, I think so. And then you look. Island mentality. Hmm. Yeah, and, uh, you know, empire right. mentality. Yeah, that's true. I think so. And like, and then you see like these beautiful like islands in Indonesia. Indonesia is apparently made out made up of like thousands of individual islands, um, yeah. and each of them have their own like nuances in terms of language and culture and things like that. So we were looking at these amazing like images of people cycling across the world and they're really onto their social media too. Like some of the edits that they were creating and some of the visuals that they were putting out in terms of their fasted 500 rides was just fantastic. And we even had, um, we even had a rider, um, Ibrahim, who was based in the Reunion Island, which is, I think it's next to, it's in the Indian Ocean. Yeah, Madagascar. Yeah, yeah, Madagascar. Yeah, it's next, it's in the Indian Ocean. (laughs) <laughs> it's just incredible i just find it brilliant like it's amazing that you know if you look at it like muslims like islam oh it's just amazing right you think about the prophet these be upon him like established like the islam at the battle of Badr, islam was like a sapling right so like sheikh abdul hakbili referred to that the battle of Badr, like if it went wrong that would have been it and, and now look look at look at our community they're everywhere right and um yeah it's just given me a taste of um the global community really and it's just amazing that cycling is so universal um it kind of transcends all the rest of it so yeah it's been it's just been amazing to have like a a global follower base and it also it, it, it diversifies it it shows us that we're not all pakistani or indian <laughs> I, I do yeah. feel that sometimes and actually yeah yeah yeah, i know what you mean <clears throat> i do feel that like the the desi influence if you were a non-muslim you would think that every asian is brown uh, every muslim is brown and that's that's yeah. really not the case like yeah. and i do feel actually that as part of the ramadan ruminations series i i i should have had other members of uh other Muslims who part, perhaps you know, like Black Muslims, for example. I haven't yeah. had, I haven't had any like um, African American or or other Black Muslims, even British Black Muslims, on that as part of that. So that I'm conscious of that. So I need to kind of remedy that in the future. But I try to have like other people. I have had like Nadia's Bengali, um, you know, Kamran's Pakistani. I had Noura and Akil. They are Yemeni and uh, Malaysian. Um, and you had uh, I had Sharif, who's uh, who's yeah, from Egypt, and yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And Mina, who's uh, from Baghdad, um, who's uh, Iraqi. There's still and... a very good mix, you know that. That's I... true. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Actually, here in East London, ninety percent are Bengali, mm. and Pakistani, and a few Indians. You know what I mean? Mm. You get the mix of Arabs and a few uh, Africans. Mm. Um, but you know, go to uh, Hamlets and you think Islam is Bengali. Bengali, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely no, yeah so that's, you got that's a very cool. good mix there, you know? yeah alhamdulillah yeah so it's been good it's been like it's kind of yeah gone gone global um yeah and people kind of get the challenge um indonesians are on it like in terms of interacting or engaging with social media stuff so yeah yeah really good have you thought about getting uh the strava challenge like an official strava challenge a bit mm. like rafa did and all the others yeah I think I've had to look into it and it costs like a load of money, apparently. I need to revisit how I go about doing that. One thing I did do this Ramadan is create a, gr- a Fasted 500 group, which you can do. And we've already got like 500, um, 500 followers on that. But, that. but that's been quite fun because um, you can get like group updates. We've had people post some other like bits and bobs and you can see what the weekly stats are and stuff like that. Um, so that's been <clears throat> that's been really fun, but yeah, I need to have a look at. We we have I have had that request from a couple of people to say, can we can you look at that? So I need to revisit it to see. I think that's a I, proper roadie 
uh, but when it hits Strava and it's a proper challenge, then I think you'll you'll do it for the roadies. You know what I mean? Like you'll get mm, yeah. that You know what I mean? Right now, it's a bit like oh, I've got to edit up and. You know, and we were yeah. very fortunate. Ramadan started on what the second of May, so it was like you know, second <laughs> yeah. uh, of April, sorry. So it's like okay, if whatever I cover during April is mm. up the faster five hundred, whereas next year it's going to be like, ah, oh, it's going to have to get the calculator out. You know yeah, what I mean? you you know, but you're right about that. Actually, I do need because obviously, like in terms of the the, the festive five hundred, you have those cool snazzy little cards that you can like fill out. But obviously, it being a challenge of thirty days, it's somewhat different but i need to figure out whether i do like a postcard type thing on some really slick branding where people can like put their put their daily mileage in i i will do something like that i think it's necessary because otherwise yeah you have people getting those pexel spreadsheets out which is probably a bit of a hassle to be honest <laughs> so yeah you touched on the fact that you know um out in the far east and i'm sure some locals as well um there's a growing or bubbling uh, cycling scene on social media from the Muslims. Um, mm. What do you think the future holds? Because I guess in some ways, Gapped and obviously Fasted 500 is part of that. Mm. It tends to be part of that as well. So mm. what do you think? Yeah. Uh, where do you think it's headed? It's I, I guess in many ways, like it, it's, it's funny you mentioned butter because that was like a sapling back then. And I guess in many ways, uh, we're sapling you know, on social media. Uh, mm. You, m- myself, more, more so than yourself but yeah um, yeah i think you're done. right though it is it's a nascent like if you look at many of us are second generation immigrants not all of us but many of us are so a lot of the time it tends to be that our parents were the ones who grafted big time in order to establish themselves with the basic means for existence right in terms of housing in terms of food and in terms of sacrificing their education so we where many of us not all many of us are quite privileged in the sense that those basics are taken care of and we've therefore been able to indulge in education and um pastimes such as cycling right if you look at the next generation i think that's going to be turned up to 10 um I think there's going to be lots more privileges. Um, I think the, the the wealth, the generational wealth of Muslims, I think will increase. I think at the moment we are, Muslims are one of the poorest um, uh, ethnic groups within the UK. And I think that's obviously due to a variety of reasons, but I think that gap will slightly be closed in the generations that come after us. Um, But I think in terms of the cycling scene, I think we'll see an even more of an uptake in the next generation. I think now a lot of us that are into it, um, we're into it for a variety of reasons, right? Very, very few of us race. I mean, you'll know far more about the statistics on that front than I will. But it seems to me that racing seems to still be supposedly quite an elite area of cycling. Um, so people like you um, and the other scholars who are kind of trailblazers on that front are kind of bearing the torch for the rest of us, right? So racing aside, I think um, Muslims either fall into like recreational category of cycling in terms of groups going out for a chain gang ride on a Sunday, or you have others who take quite a utilitarian approach to cycling, like see it as simply a mode of transport and actually going fast isn't really their cup of tea and then you've got bike packing and ordax and ultra cycling on the fringes which um uh people like farouk for example um there are people like him are really creating a name for themselves really they're almost like lone rangers in that again like what you're doing in terms of racing farouk is doing in terms of like um, long-distance cycling and um, Audax, for example. So it's, it's awesome to see that. Like, it's really, really good. And I think people like you and he and other people are super inspiring. Like, you make it feel as if it's achievable or attainable, despite it actually being <laughs> probably really hard. Um, so, yeah, in terms of, like, the burgeoning scene on Instagram, I think Instagram can paint quite a rosy picture, right? <laughs> I would I would, I would, would take everything with a pinch of salt, really. You know what it's like. It's it's I hate Instagram. It's, it's, I think I've mentioned bre- this before. I hate <laughs> it's it. bread and it's bread and circus, right? That's what they used to call it in terms of like 
the Romans. Like, yeah, I think I think take take the good from it. Um, uh, take it with a pinch of salt, um, but don't don't um, don't get invested in it too much. I think that's probably what I would gain from. And I know it's ironic because the fastest five hundred is on Instagram, um, but ultimately, you know, you can still do the challenge without having to be on Instagram. For example, you may not get some of the community benefits of seeing people like Kamran or Ayaz and people like that doing their thing, but um, you can still do the challenge without it. So yeah, I think um, the, it's, the world is ours for the taking, really. I just hope that Muslims, you know, we are one of the most unhealthy ethnic groups in the UK, right? Yeah. We really need to take, take control of our health and well-being. And if we do that by cycling, then excellent. And more of the same, please, basically. Yeah. So obviously your challenge has now come to an end. It will restart again next year, inshallah. Uh, just to put it out there, you, you are planning to carry this on, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So, so what, happens, like... what happens between now and uh, 2023 Ramadan? It's a really good question. Well, one thing I would like to do is to get a proper website sorted. So at the moment, I've got a free website hosted by like Big Cartel. Um, and you can all you could really do is buy, buy the roundel from there and look at um, the basic FAQs but I'd like to get I find like within the Muslim community and I think this is slowly changing but historically our execution has been quite poor um, just, it's like, been cheap that's mm, what it's been that's it yeah yeah I think you're right it has been cheap and if you look at it compared to like conventional counterparties like I find that sometimes on even on our literature and or, or like um, PR there are it, it just doesn't look that great and I'm, yeah. i want to change that like i feel as if you know the concept of like itqan or like ex doing like being excellent in what you do has kind of been left by the wayside a bit yeah like um so i i want to kind of bring i i want the fastest 500 to be an example of a really a well done muslim initiative and i think one thing i need to do is sort my sort branding out Right, I think I need to pay for some decent branding in terms of if you look at the new Forest Off Road Club, they're a women-led uh, community in the new forest, but they've recently not rebranded, so to speak, but they've refreshed their branding and it looks really good. And I think I'd like something not dissimilar in terms of a vibe about, because when I put out posts on Instagram, there should be some sort of homogeneity um, about them yeah, w yeah, without, no. without it becoming corporate, because... This is a grassroots initiative, don't get me wrong, but I think I just need to step it up a notch. So I'd like to get a proper website, um, which which looks good and uh, and yeah, some branding sorted somehow uh, before the before next before next Ramadan. That, so there are the two I think, main. I think I I speak for all the listeners and the participants. Like we like some of that rawness. You know mm. what I mean? Like yeah. Muslims like that rawness the grassroots the brotherhood the system mm. you know what i mean like yeah when you do make it corporate and too pristine if you know what mm. I mean, it, it, it it's no longer for the community or from the community you know what i mean yeah i do hear you no completely i think i think i'd still be we'd still have like a clear voice behind it it's just that visual visually Maybe I'm overthinking it, but if you look at like the visuals of the grid, for example, yeah, having yeah. some sort of continuity between the posts in terms of imagery or the logo or something like you're like, going in too deep, bro. You're going. Yeah, too deep. I just think like as Muslims, we deserve like if you look at the Prophet peace be upon him, like the way he conducted himself. He, you know, it was said that um, whenever he would he would speak he'd always use the right amount of words like he wasn't overly like verbose and he wasn't curt like, it just shows that like even if even his hair like it wasn't straight and it wasn't curly it was like wavy it was like middle right so everything was like just so right and so if you look at that if you were to take that example and put it into our daily lives a lot of us including myself we're either lacking in many ways or we're kind of excessive in others mm. and so i think yeah, in terms of taking that back to the branding point, yeah, I think like to make it worthy um, of it to come from the Prophet's Ummah, I think it would be good for us. Yeah, I need to spend a bit of money on it, basically. Um, and then a part of me is thinking, actually, 
could we, without obviously, um, without making it into like a cash cow, could we do like a very limited run of like merch, mm -hmm. which would help pay for an upgraded website, for example, or something like that? I don't know. I haven't really thought about that yet, but that's another example where um, you could um, kind of diversify the brand, so to speak. Yeah. This is where you could probably touch uh, your sponsors and be like, right, can you do a very limited run of uh, wizard work bags with the rondel mm. or mm. the colorway with the rondel in of some sort, um, limited yeah. edition badge, for example. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's true. I think Rafa with a Rafa t-shirt or something or a bar bag. They do bar bags, don't they? Yeah, I think so. I think no. there's loads of, there's loads of really yeah, yeah, like yeah. willing sponsors who would be happy to do that. Like, there's a lot of goodwill out there, right? Like, um, I mean, yeah, Rafa and Wizard Works and Brother Cycles. I mean, they're just they're, really, they're nice people, right? Brother Frankly. Cycles get a bike sold in the <laughs> frame frame li liveries of the fast. Yeah, we could do. Yeah? yeah, we could do. I mean, there's the guys like behind Brother Cycles. Honestly, like they are. There's another for another episode, but so Fatima um, from Cycle Sisters has one our iftar outside competition so she's oh, yeah. been given two free tickets to brother in the wild but um yeah there's just there's just a lot of goodwill and kindness basically from these from these companies and communities and actually it it shows that um you know in terms of muslims and we tend to hear a lot about like hostility towards people from our community and stuff actually like it, it most people are very 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 good people generally speaking um, and I think these sponsors have kind of augmented that mindset that I've had that actually most people are good people. Um, they don't have to do this, right? I mean, they could just pay lip service and get a brown person on one of their ads or whatever and call it a day. But actually financially contributing to these things is, um, yeah, it's good. Really good. So um, let's go on to the listener questions then. Uh, we've got qu uh -huh. quite a few. Uh, so starting <laughs> off with uh, a tricky one. Baikawala asks, uh, and you've probably seen this already, what's the next challenge? Yes, good question. I'll be honest, I haven't really thought about it. I haven't really thought about it. I find that, you know, I'd wake up to like 60 plus notifications every morning in Ramadan because obviously Indonesia are um, uh, six hours ahead of us, I think, roughly. So I've been quite enjoying the downtime without, you know, I enjoy the Fast of 500 has been wicked. Don't get me wrong, but I've been enjoying having kind of less social media interaction just in over the last week to kind of recalibrate my mind. <laughs> um, so I haven't really thought about if there's going to be another challenge. If there is another challenge, then will that dilute the Fasted 500 somewhat? I don't know. Um, yeah, watch this space, I would say on that. Yeah. Uh, on to the next one then. So aside from the numbers of people being higher than last year, what are the big differences you've noticed from this year and last? Mm, I think the biggest difference has been um, like, uh, I guess the the size of our sponsors. They're kind of household brands now. Wizardworks are obviously on last year too, but Brother Cycles and Rafa are two big well, quite well-known kind of household brands. That's been good. Um, the Rapper event was was really good. I think that's been kind of the standout event um, where I would say the vast majority of the people who attended that event were Fasted 500, were members of the Fasted 500 community. Um, and it was awesome to meet people face-to-face. -face. That's been really good. Obviously, I live in Swindon, so I'm not a Londoner, so I don't know many of you folks. So it was just really awesome to kind of like, see that firsthand um yeah and i've made and i've made friends from it which is really lovely actually so that's been the yeah, main difference i would say is yeah like brand quality and the rafa do was really good um yeah and obviously the indonesia thing has kind of kicked off there which is lovely and then uh, so we've got another question is there another challenge i will skip that one mm -hmm. um so on to the next one then so um Fasted 500 has become something of a brand. Um, do you see an opportunity to become mainstream and uh, through either color, uh, collaboration or uh, within? 
And are you comfortable with this as well? So, for example, if Rafa were to take over or be incorporated within Rafa mm. uh, and it becomes a Rafa challenge, how would that sit with you or another yeah, person? I don't think they would. I don't think they would want to take it on as a <clears throat> a Rafa challenge because I think they they value the grassroots nature of the challenge because I think you can't you can't like brown wash a challenge to take like the eco phrase like the people talk about greenwashing. I think for a for a, for a a challenge like this to be authentic, it has to be from within the community. And I think Rafa get that. <clears throat> so I, I, I would, I think I can see them like participating in terms of maybe sponsorship and things like that and hosting the Ramadan laps and things in the future. But I don't think there is appetite. Um, and I think our community in the UK is quite small. Um, if you look at the number of, if you look at A, the Muslim community, you then subdivide that by those of us who are, who are active. You subdivide that by those of us who are into bikes. Yeah. And then you subdivide that again by those of us who are really into bikes, right? Who wouldn't think of the Fast 500 and think, oh my goodness, I couldn't do that in a billion years, right? There's very small numbers. I think there are very like marginal numbers. So I think there's quite a niche <laughs> what we're doing here with the Fast 500, just quite a niche. Um, and I can't see it having. I can't see it fitting well with like corporates. I think corporates will get behind it, maybe with sponsorship and things like that. But I think it is, a, I think it will always remain a grassroots like, community challenge. I think it has to for authenticity, right? If, yeah, you, sure. if, you, if there was someone else, even the narrative, like the way we talk about things, like on the posts and stuff, you couldn't replicate that if you weren't part of this community, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so on to the next one. Has your purpose or objectives changed for the Fasted 500 at all? Uh, arguably, we spoke, uh, so this person clearly listened to uh, the podcast a few months ago. They were just saying that you've reached and achieved many of the objectives you discussed back then. And um, are you going to continue pushing those objectives or have they changed or evolved? Yeah, I think um, my object, my ob one of my object objectives was to continue to give a voice to those within the Muslim community who may not feel as if they have that much of a voice in other areas, um, who may not be particularly religious, for example, who may not be that practicing. Um, um, I want them to feel as if this is a space where they can, they're seen and they, they're valued. Um, so yeah, that, that's a, that's a, uh, an, an objective that is always under review. Um, otherwise, I think um, I will still, um, one of my key objectives is to continue to center the community. I think um, it could be quite easy for um, a challenge like f for me to become like the poster boy for this like challenge um that's not i have an absolutely no desire <laughs> whatsoever to do that you know i think i started this challenge to try to level up the muslim community to make us like uh, to make the i guess the public at large recognize that we are normal people right these people that you see who supposedly speak for us in the media most of the time they do not speak for us right Anjum Chowdhury and whatever these nincompoops are like they don't speak for me <laughs> so I, I feel like there needs to there was like a voice of like moderation or even a voice of a bit of humor right the behind the Muslim community that needed to like um so yeah continue to center the community continue to give a voice to folks who um may not feel that included in some other aspects and also like to maybe think about how the Fastest 500 is like a third space. Like I alluded to this previously in one of the posts, but you have like, you have like the local masajid, for example, and you have like the workplace or the education arena. But actually, arguably, um, um, 
not everybody feels that they're catered for in either of those. Like the, the masjid serves a purpose where people go and pray, for example, and the workplace or the education institute serves a purpose. That's fine. But in both of those spaces, not everybody feels comfortable to let their guard down. And like there's a trite phrase about bringing your whole self to something, right? I tend to feel that actually you're more inclined to let your guard down and be your whole, bring your whole self into like third spaces like the fasted 500 for example where you can choose to interact as much or as little with other members of the community as you want to yeah you can choose to participate or not and it's completely up to you so i think there's a there's a need for that and it and it needs to be it needs to not be based on religiosity yeah and i don't mean to put off like super practicing people by saying that i just think that like a lot of Muslims can feel as if um, um, yeah, they can't participate in certain spaces because say they don't wear hijab, for example, or they're struggling with wear, uh, wearing it or they don't have a beard or their, their upbringing was somewhat different. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I'd want the Fasta 500 to welcome people, continue to welcome people like that, basically. Yeah. yeah interesting. Um, next. Biggest success, biggest disappointment over the last month. <laughs> biggest success. Um, it's, it's a difficult one, really. Um, it's been really fun. The biggest success, I think, was like uh, awarding like the prizes to the, the the competition winners, which is really really cool. Uh, so there was a lady called Artika uh, who won. Uh, our no, wizard's bags. She smashed it out of the park. Mashallah. I like that. Like, I like that, man. Mashallah. It was so good. Yeah. So for those who haven't seen it, she um we had a competition called the Strava Art Competition, whereby we wanted you to like create a picture or something with your route and then upload it, and you could be in the chance to win this Wizard Works barrel bag and a, a seat bag. And Artika did um, a really personal one actually because I think she she studied out in Palestine. Um, about five or so years ago um, and she still maintains like uh, connections with the people who hosted her there as part of her studies um, and so she she drew um, a map of uh, Palestine um, and that was it was amazing it was really really good in East London it was I think yeah so she copped that bag and Fatima won the brother, uh, the brother in the wild bike packing event and um, Samir won the rapper's shoes so yeah handing those out and like yeah just kind of um putting those muslims on a platform and yeah it's good yeah really good enjoyed that in terms of disappointment oh, that's a really good question so i was my the kids and my wife and i we both had like big time flu for like the first two weeks of ramadan i still think it's covid but we tested negative for it but um i was just about well enough to fast but it did mean that i personally didn't complete the fasted 500 this year oh. so um i got up to like 300 kilometers or something but there was just you know i wanted time to like make the most of ramadan without you know breaking my back cycling all the time so yeah that i guess you could call that a disappointment but um yeah yeah i'd say that i guess you're following your own advice like uh, from a few months ago you know uh, where you yeah. said you know put put uh, ramadan first and this isn't a must-do challenge so it's this not yeah i, I completely Good agree on you, bro. Like, yeah I, I completely agree this isn't a sunnah yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah, sunnah yeah. right like um i think if people are missing prayers because of the fasted 500 then i have utterly failed <laughs> in, yeah. in this challenge yeah. right so i think um get your priorities straight basically yeah, definitely yeah. definitely last question bro are you worried about mainstream brands hijacking the initiative like this uh, for commercial gain? Uh, or do you see it as an opportunity? Yeah. Um, again, I don't think there's appetite um, for mainstream brands to, I think... No, but you say this right now, bro. Mm. Say, say next year you get massive influx of more Indonesian Malaysians, uh, whereby, I don't know, there's thousands of them and then mm. uh, 
there's a brand out there that wants to break the break into the market or something. You know what I mean? Mm, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you were to take this as a business model, it's a very bad business model. <laughs> <laughs> really, though, if you can think about it, if you look at your, if you look at, you're basically inoperative for eleven months of the year. And no, you, but, you've, yeah. but that's regardless because uh, you have seasonal, um, you know, like, like look at Dorset yeah. and the tourism industry in England. Mm, like, yeah, it works for what three months of the year. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's an interesting one. I think. It's quite a nascent market, I think, um, like Ramadan and cycling. I, I personally think large corporates would shy away from jumping on this quote-unquote bandwagon because I don't think their voice would be seen as authentic enough in order to give it substance, particularly in the UK. I think if you're looking at Muslim-majority countries, say like Indonesia, for example, there's probably more appetite for that. Um, um no, but look, if, if I'm a clothing brand or I'm a, I don't mm. know, lights, I, I'm Lezine, for example, I make mm. lights. Oh, mm. uh, purchase these lights. Uh, it'll help you uh, ride during the nights of Halloween. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it'll help mm. you with the Fast 500 Challenge. Right, as I heard, yeah. can you get, a, get our name on your challenge, please? Yeah, no, I I, think, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, it, it's not difficult to do. You could, you could no. uh, technically connect anything. Um, yeah, so I'll wear this helmet, mm. it'll help you keep you safe while you complete mm. the Fast 500 challenge, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think I've been quite picky in the past about who I've partnered with. I say partnered with. I think you you need to maintain not exclusivity, I'm not going to use exclusivity, but the prizes and the brands need to be kept quite um people people want to want them. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the brands need to be good brands. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I love independence, like personally, in terms of my own bike bags. I love supporting small independent businesses. But generally, Joe Public or Ahmed Public wants big, big brands, basically. So I think keeping it, keeping that at the forefront is probably quite important, not diluting it too much. I found having three sponsors this year quite good. Having, say, three or four competitions, three sponsors, it's, it's, it's easy to navigate. People can kind of, people can work with it. Um, in terms of like, yeah, the Muslim market, I think it's fascinating because we haven't had that much of an uptake in the Middle East. Right? Um, it's growing though. That it is growing. It's yeah. growing. Uh, yeah, you know, growing. Dubai, massive. Oh, it's getting massive rather. Uh, just the mm. UAE in general. Saudi is slowly uptake. You know, they had the pro, they had the race back in Saudi Arabia. Mm. It's seriously pushing it slowly, slowly. There's going to be, I think we're in a wave um, just because we don't see it on social media and whatnot. Mm. Um, you know, I think the UAE, uh, for example, they won't jump on the Fast 500, whereas uh, people in Indonesia will because the connection uh, for mm. them is different. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, I do. And also like lifestyle choices. Like <clears throat> if you were to look at the folks in Indonesia, um, cycling as a form of utility transport is quite a big yeah. thing. Yeah. Whilst that the infrastructure in the UAE or Saudi isn't built for that. Yeah. Um, so that might be one of the reasons why there's more of an uptake. In terms of cycling, is more of a normalised habit. Like in terms of it seems to me at least in Indonesia compared to say um, some of the other kind of GCC or Middle East countries. Yeah, you can't you can't ride on the everyday roads out there. That's like it, UAE, it. You just yeah. can't ride. You have to go to a specific track. Yeah. You know, have yeah, to ride indeed. out in the desert, etc. So. Yeah. So I think, I think, yeah, look, if you look at like, there's a really good book called um, <clears throat> Generation M by um, uh, an author called Shalina Zara Jan Muhammad. And she's really good. So she talks about like geopolitics she talks about the demographic trends of muslims from the middle east she talks about how muslims have loads of kids right? <laughs> you and i know that they are very young populations right um and if you look at what that means vis-a-vis -vis very aging populations like the uk it means that there's going to be lots of human capital and lots of bright ideas and um good things going on in the generations to come so I think, yeah, I think you have these 
active, bright, young sparks in the Middle East and elsewhere um, who can really transform cycling. Really, it's there. It's there. The world is their oyster, right? Absolutely. You and I, you and I are going to be has-beens in like in a few years. Maybe me more than you, but um, I just think that yeah, it's it's exciting times ahead, inshallah. And I think you know we have to remember amidst all of this Ukraine and Palestine and you know dodgy yeah, dodgy Muslim uh, cycling influencers on Instagram. Um, you know you have to you have to think Allah's in control. Right, Allah's yeah. in control, and He will always be in control. So, inshallah, we're in good hands. We're genuinely, we're, we're, we're you know, we're in good hands. Um, so, and you know, being, um, as Sheikh Abdul Hakim Murad said, you know, like it, it is a sunnah to look on the bright side of things, right? So, I think as a community, we need to kind of take that, and we need to like take it out there to the public. We need to be like, um. Yeah, people who look on the bright side of things. So inshallah, like next year will be bigger and better in terms of the past of 500. And yeah, we'll see how it inshallah. goes. Inshallah. Inshallah. Bro, um, it was meant, this was meant to be what, 15, 20 minutes. And <laughs> it's meant to be a quick chat, you know, just a quick update on what happened and whatnot. And it's become a, an episode in itself. You know, I wasn't no. planning to give it an episode uh, <laughs> number. I was just going to do, you know, Fast and 500 episode six recap or overview or review or whatever. And now it's become an episode in itself. It's because I, I ramble on too much. You've caught me. You've caught me in a chatty mood tonight. No, no, it's, 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 <laughs> it's uh, deep topics. And to be honest, I wish we started recording prior to when I hit record, when we were having that discussion <laughs> before as well. There's some good stuff there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the dynamics of, uh, as you mentioned, like the Middle East, the Muslims in general, uh, is going to change. And um, yeah, we're just at the beginning. Yeah, 100%. And I think, look, like what we should take amongst all of this is we need to regain control of our health and well being, right? Because, yeah, there's just lots of really scary statistics out there about how unhealthy we are as a, as a, as a community, right? So if nothing else, the faster 500 and even just getting on our bikes, you know, can help buck that trend. I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, bro. I'm going to end it there. It's getting late. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam.